Hi there, I'm Richard. I'm the senior pastor of Every Nation Auckland City. We are a multicultural, multi-generational, socially responsible church that makes disciples. We hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. Okay, good morning, y'all. Ooh, I didn't know how this would feel. <laughs> and I'm, in 58 years, I've walked out on a lot of stages. I started very early singing and being in plays. But I don't think I've ever felt the gravity of that. I feel this morning. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, right? <sighs> I do need y'all to help me this morning, okay? <laughs> All right, so Mother's Day is um, it's just an incredible privilege to be standing here. I am a mother. I've been a mother uh, officially for 34 years my oldest is 33, going to be 34 this year. Um, I'm just trying to breathe. <laughs> um, yeah, and I have, um, for those of you who maybe have no idea who I am, um, I have been, I have three, I have two, I have two sons. Uh, one is 33, one is 30. They are both married and have given me two, uh, four grandchildren, two each, a boy and a girl. And yes, our middle son, his kids call me Nana Bird, so, um, and it's my favorite name. So, um, yeah, and then I have a daughter who's 27, and she is not married yet, um, but that is definitely a point of prayer. So, <laughs> And then I have a, a, a son in heaven who um, some of you know our story. Uh, he was born here in New Zealand. In uh, December of 2000, when we were here planting the original Every Nation uh, movement, and I uh, went to heaven a month later. So um, I can't wait to be re reunited with him someday. So Mother's Day, I know, it's, a, it's an incredibly special day, and I honor all of you mothers, and I honor all of you who want to be mothers, and maybe motherhood looks a little different for you than it does for some. But just know this morning, wherever you are, on the journey of motherhood, whatever, God sees you, he knows you, he knows your heart. And the Bible says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. But trust him for what the fulfillment of that desire looks like. It might be spiritual children. It might be adopted children. It might be, who knows? I mean, I think of women who... Who mother, who've mothered me that weren't my birth mother. So, some you know, I lost my mom when I was 12. She got sick. Um, I've had miscarriages, um, everything. I've experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in motherhood. So I understand where you are. But more than me, God sees you this morning. So we honor you. All right. So D John asked me if I was going to tell a dad joke or a mom joke this morning. I assured Jez I was not. <laughs> And <laughs> just kidding, I do have one. <laughs> so this mom had three sons, and um, the, the three sons were always competing, as sons do, for their mother's love and attention and, and approval. So they all three, well, they grew up and were very successful, and they decided, so Mother's Day was coming up. The oldest son thought, I am going to buy my mom a house. Yeah. The second son said, well, I'm going to buy mom a Tesla. 
The third son, he didn't even tell them what he was going to do because he didn't want them to know. But his gift to his mom was this exotic bird that he'd heard about. And his mom loved birds. So he knew she would probably really appreciate that. So Mother's Day came and went. And uh, the sons were wondering, you know, Mom, what did you think about our gifts? And she, you know, told the other son, she said, listen, that house was just way too big for me. I appreciate the thought. But I had to sell it and just... I've got something I'm really comfortable in. <laughs> the second son, she said, now, son, you know, I don't even drive that much anymore. I did not need a car that fancy. Give me my Suzuki Swift any day. <laughs> the third son said, Mom, what did you think? She said, son, you know, of all three, you gave me the greatest gift that I could appreciate the most. That chicken was delicious. Come on, Marvin, give me a... (laughs) No, listen, I, being a mom was, I mean, it is just the greatest privilege. And I loved, um, sometimes my kids and I would bake together. Not very, I'm not that big of a baker, if you know me, but um, we would make cakes occasionally. And, you know, when you bake a cake with your kids, what do they want to do? They want to lick the beaters, right? And I was a good mom. I let them lick the beaters. I was even a great mom. I turned them off first. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Got that out of the way. Are we good, Jess? (laughs) All right. So this morning, I think it's so appropriate that um, we are talking about continuing, almost done with the book of Ephesians, which has just been amazing, hasn't it? Do you guys love this, the ones who've been here for all of it? Ephesians is an incredible book. And this morning, we are in the final chapter. And I think there's one more message after this, but we're in the final chapter. Uh, when Pastor Richard asked me to do this this morning, um, this, was the, this was where we are in the text. So Ephesians, um, so I've got to remember to talk to Elmer back there. <laughs> All right, so we are talking about walking in victory. And how appropriate for Mother's Day. It's not an accident because let me tell you, being a mom, if you are a mom, you know we need to walk in victory. And some of my greatest battles and greatest victories have been as a mother. And I have not always done it well. <laughs> so walking in victory. So let's, um, we're going to look at, be in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Um, so there are three points. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, three points. Uh, John told me I had to have three points. So, um, <laughs> so I have them. <laughs> uh, the first one. So in Ephesians, in this text, we're going to see, I hope this is what you have when we walk away, is to be strong and like every nation, to be equipped. It's one of our core values. Be equipped and be ready to fight. I'm not kidding. Motherhood is not, uh, you don't sit back and bake cookies all day long. It is a battle. All right, so we're going to read through this text. Um, this is great. It's up there, so I don't have to have my glasses on. All right, so you're welcome. If you want to stand up as we read God's Word, um, just honoring God's Word. Uh, if you want to read along, that's great, but I'm going to read this, so it's up to you. All right, I'm going to read all of it because it's so important, and it's God's Word, right? All right, so Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against rulers, against the powers, against world forces of this darkness, 
against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist the devil or in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, that's my favorite part, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the Spirit, And with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and every request for all the saints. And Paul says, pray on my behalf that my speech may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. You guys can sit down. Father, I just thank you for this morning. I give this to you. Thank you, Lord, for preparing me for this time. Holy Spirit, I step out of the way. This is your time. This is your time to speak. I know you have been preparing hearts to hear this message this morning. I trust that. I trust that you will use me just as a servant and a vessel. And I thank you now for what you're going to do. I thank you that none of us are going to leave the same as we came in this morning. I love you, Lord. I love you. I'm so thankful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are in this amazing, the book of Ephesians, I love, like all the word. Um, I I do this little reading plan sometimes where, um, see, God is so clever with scripture, Um, And so on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I will read Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So I kind of get it in. It's great. Sometimes uh, I'll do uh, Psalms. Do you know the Psalms? You can read five Psalms a day and finish it in a month. The book of Proverbs, you can read one a day and get it in in a month. So there's always a way to read God's word and fit it in. So the book of Ephesians, I have, it's pretty well marked up in my Bible. Um, And so we're at the end now, and Paul has been teaching, right? I saw a meme the other day that said, if Paul saw the church today, we would be getting a letter. (laughs) So Paul is writing to the Ephesians out of, in prison. He's in prison, and yet he's writing to the church that he loved so much. He's been teaching He's been, he writes out his prayers for the church, and now he gets here to the end, and what does he say? Be strong. I've taught you. What has he done? In the first five chapters, he's been instructing and loving and praying, and it's so rich. And now he's saying, I've told you all of this. Now be strong. Not do strong, not feel strong. How do you know? You guys know we don't always feel strong, especially as moms. There's a lot of times we don't feel strong. But he says, finally, be strong. Now, we can't be strong in our own selves. We have to be strong in the Lord. Despite what culture says today, I am not enough, and I know it. So here we are at the end of the last chapter. We're talking, talk, mainly talk about the armor of the Lord. But as I, I really um, 
just in getting ready for this, just really looking and say, okay, Lord, you know, I've read this. Is there something new? Is there something, you know, God's word is living and active. It's one of the things I love about it. You can read, I mean, guys, I'm 58 years old. I see things I've never seen before. So I'm telling you, if you're not reading the word, you are missing out. I don't want you to get to heaven and realize, wow, all that you missed out on by not reading the word. So I'm going to share with you what I think the Holy Spirit has given me to share with you. Um, So there's three points from this. Remember, be strong, be equipped, and be in the fight. All right, so when we look at the Scripture, after all that Paul has taught us, he says, be strong. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. David knew this when he fought Goliath. He knew that it wasn't about the armor. It was about being strong in the Lord. God is very intentional in how he lays out Scripture. He doesn't talk about the armor first. He says, be strong first. It's not what's on the outside that wins the battle. Is that good? (laughs) All right. Um, So he says, be strong in the Lord and stand firm. All right. Uh, (laughs) um, All right. Sorry, I'm trying to stay with my notes. Okay. Uh, So David knew this. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see that God's children, and that's us, are being taunted by the Philistines, and the main one is Goliath. I'm not going to assume you know the story. Goliath is a giant. He is like over nine feet tall, and he is just taunting God's children. So David, who is a kid, he's the youngest of his brothers, he, his father sends him to get, take food to his brothers. And while he's there, he decides, well, what's up with this? I'll fight this um, giant. Something came on him. And so he, so he offered to go fight Goliath. And the first thing that Saul, the king, wanted to do was to put his armor on him. Now, this would have been amazing armor. It would have been perfect armor because it was the king's armor. But guess what? It didn't fit David. He got all dressed in this amazing armor. And when he, he started to walk out, he went, I can't do this. This doesn't fit me. I haven't tested this. So he took it off because he knew his strength was in the Lord. And he was clothed in the armor of the Lord. So our question this morning, are you clothed in the armor of the Lord? Are you ready? Are you strong? Why do we need to be so strong? Because, David says in verse 11, stands firm against the schemes of the devil. You guys, we have an enemy, if you don't know this already. We have an enemy. And the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Moms, we have an enemy. And he is coming to steal, kill, and destroy our families. He is after your marriages. He's after your children. But more than that, he's after you. So we have to stand firm against the enemy. I would have never imagined when I was raising my children that there would ever be a question of whether or not they were boys and girls. Moms, today, we're raising in a culture, the enemies come after the very core identity of our children. Children are not born in the wrong body. They are born in the image and likeness of God. He has knit them together in your womb. And when they're born, they are born male or female. And there is no question. But to say that we, but to question, that makes us the enemy. But that is not the way it is. 
It's an enemy coming after us. He tells us in 1 Peter to be sober of spirit. We don't have time to be caught up. You know, social media, I, I mean, I'm so thankful I raised my kids when I did. Because I'll be honest, I would probably be on my phone a lot more than I should have been. Scrolling or whatever. Looking for likes. But God says, be sober of spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion. Key word there is like a roaring lion. He's actually pretty harmless. But he's seeking someone to devour. So resist him firm in your faith. I love this scripture that I found. Again, one that, you know, probably read over trying to get through this book. But it says in Nehemiah 4.14, so they're building this wall. And while they're building the wall, the enemy is coming at them. And, and he says, do not be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord. Moms, dads, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your husbands, and your home. Fight for your home. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord and fight for your home. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. We're fighting for our families, not against our families. You're fighting for your marriage, not against your spouse. You're fighting for your children, not against your children. And let me encourage you. I loved my teenage years with my kids. Don't listen to the world that tells you, oh, the teenage years are terrible. I loved them. You know why? Because by God's grace, we sowed into them when they were young. So the teenage years, you just reap what you've sown. Discipline them now. Love them now. And when they're teenagers, I don't care what the world says. It is not the worst time to be a parent. It's the best time because you transition into friendship. So it's up to you what you sow. I'm just telling you, though, it's good. So you're not fighting against your children, your boss or your workmates. So it's a, uh, we're starting specifically against what we don't see, against those powers, against the enemy who's roaming. All right, so the next, after instructing us to be strong, now, now we're strong, we're standing firm, now we're going to get equipped all right, now we're going to get equipped. Go ahead. So let's look at the armor. So I found this cute little graphic. <laughs> Jez did not make this, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, so just, this is just a cute picture of the armor, of what it, you know, what it looks like when we were in Sunday school. So Paul gives us now, now, that we're, now he's told us to be strong. Now he tells us intentionally, he lays out what the armor is going to look like. This is the armor David wore. Go ahead to the next slide, sorry. This is the armor David wore when he faced Goliath. And this is the armor that we have to wear to face our giants every day. Now the roots of this whole armor idea, for, then when Paul referenced the armor, okay, this was really cool and I'm really excited about this. So, because I, again, something I had never seen. Paul is referencing, so you know, the Old Testament is full of prophecies about Jesus, Right? I mean, he fulfilled so many prophecies, so many words spoken about him and who he was. And so in Isaiah, there's a lot 
of, of just amazing uh, foreshadowings of Jesus. So in Isaiah, see, I'm, that's my Kiwi coming out, Isaiah, not Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah 59, look at this, okay? It says, then his own arm brought salvation to him. So God is looking at, at Isaiah, and things were a mess. And it says he could not find one man interceding. So he has this in Jesus. It says, then his own arm brought salvation to him, to Jesus. And his righteousness upheld him. And he, Jesus, what did he put on? A righteousness like a breastplate. And a helmet of salvation on his head. The very armor that he's telling us to put on, Jesus has already put on. And he put it on with garments of vengeance for clothing, and he wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. Y'all should be excited about that. I'm not kidding. This is good stuff. I got excited. So putting on spiritual armor is really just putting on Jesus. And and we're going to look at that more as we go through each piece. But it's really, we continually clothe ourselves in Jesus. Relying on his gifts, his graces to resist temptation and to enable us to risk even our own well-being for the sake of the church. Jesus' body and Jesus' bride and his kingdom. And this is how we're going to be equipped as a healthy, strong church. Right? Amen? We want to be healthy and strong individually. Why? So we can be a healthy, strong church. Because we have got a job to do, not alone, as part of this body. And I mean every nation Auckland City, every nation Tauranga, every nation Hamilton, and every nation where the next one coming. (laughs) Mm. All right. So... Go back, next slide, sorry. All right, so looking at the armor of God. This is the armor that God has has predestined us to walk in. The first one, and again, it's just putting on Jesus. The belt of truth. I love this. I would always think of, when I think of the the armor of God, I kind of would naturally look at the picture and I always think of the helmet of salvation first, just naturally. But you know what, that is not how Paul lays out the armor. And again, God's so intentional when he lays out scripture. The first thing you have to have is the belt of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So the other armor, none of it's going to fit right or fall into place if you don't have the truth first. We have to have the truth. We have to have Jesus The next piece he gives us is the breastplate of righteousness. In 2 Corinthians, he says, He made him who knew no sin. Jesus was perfect, but he came, he became the righteousness of God so that we can put on Jesus and have righteousness. The gospel of peace, Isaiah 9, 6. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what? The Prince of Peace. Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. So we have to be shocked. His gospel, what Jesus did for us, that's how we walk in peace. The next one is the Shield of Faith. 
So Jesus said the time, um, sorry. So now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. You cannot walk in victory without assurance and conviction and having that shield of faith. Faith, it's the substance and the conviction of things that we don't see. That's our faith. Next, the helmet of salvation. Jesus said, uh, in Mark, yeah, Jesus says, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. In 2 Corinthians, he says, if anyone's in me, they're a new creation. So salvation, so important that we have that on our heads. Then the sword of the Spirit. This, right here, this. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. This is how I fight my battles because this is truth. And the enemy, he cannot come against this. It's not what I'm saying. It's not my opinion. This is what God says. So the sword of the Spirit. It says in John 1.1, Jesus you know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And then what does it say in 14, verse 14? He became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. So see, all of the armor, putting on the armor, is just putting on Jesus. He is everything we need. He is all we need. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. And there is no other way but him. There's no other way to victory than him. All right, so this is the armor that causes us to walk in victory right here. The la- oh, next slide, sorry. So the Bible, just saying on the sword of the Spirit, the Bible is not just a book about how to be nice and good. It is your greatest offensive weapon wielded against the devil in spiritual war because it's the truth. And he promised, I mean, it is so full of promises and and how to position yourself. Do you know you're the head and not the tail? It tells us that in here. So when the enemy comes at me and says, wow, you really blew it today as a mom. I can just look, sorry, that doesn't work for me because I know what God says. His grace is sufficient. My, his power is perfected in my weakness. So, and I'd rather fight in God's perfected weakness than my own ideas any day. So, why don't we always walk in victory? If this is all, if it's right here and it's promised, it sounds so good. Wow, I want some of that. The truth is, because there's a counterfeit armor. Remember, we have an enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan, God calls him the father of lies. And the accuser of the brethren. And he has a counterfeit for everything. You know, Satan is just a created being. And so everything he does is just a copycat of what our Heavenly Father has already created. And if he can get us to believe those lies, then he feels like he's had a little victory. There is a a story um, about, I don't know if you know, fables. And there's one about the emperor's new clothes. So this emperor, uh, he was a very prideful emperor, and he loved to wear lavish clothes. And one day, these, these two guys came into town, and they were con men, and um, they, knew, they knew about the king. They knew how, how he loved clothes and all that. Um, they, they presented themselves, and they said, King, we have found the most beautiful fabric in the whole world. You will be... The talk 
of the world. You, people, other emperors will be so jealous of you if you wear our clothing. So the emperor, being very prideful, said, well, of course, you know, uh, pay these men what they want. Well, one, tr- one, one catch to that was uh, they said, now, this fabric, we need to tell you, only the wisest and most excellent emperors can see it. Well, the emperor, so they, they pull out, they act like they're pulling out this beautiful fabric, and they're making all over it. And the emperor, being very prideful, no, he didn't want to admit he couldn't see it. So you get it, there was nothing there. <laughs> so so they're, they're presenting. And then he says, oh, please, please make, I have a parade today. Can you make me a, a suit before my parade? And so they pretend to make him this suit. And they put it on him. And he is just, again, not wanting to admit he can't see it or feel it. Um, he, you know, oh, thank you so much. And he goes out. Well, dude is naked right? I mean, he's naked, but not going to admit that, right? So I almost called this next section the emperor's new armor. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, and, and, and the, other, the people of the village being just as prideful, they had heard the same rumor that, you know, only the wisest and most excellent servants of the emperor will see his this new suit. So none of them admitted they couldn't see it. So he's walking around and they're all like, oh, you look so great. And finally, a child says, he's not wearing anything. <laughs> Blew the whole thing up. Anyway, so, so we have a choice. God has designed this amazing armor for us to walk in victory. But sometimes we get a little caught up and we think we've got a better design. Or we hear the enemy saying, oh, I have something better for you. So what does that look like? All right, so next slide. So here we have God's designed armor, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, gospel of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. We are ready for the battle. And here comes the enemy. Next, He says, instead of the belt of truth, what about my truth? What about my truth? I mean, I'm pretty smart. I can figure some things out. Well, let me tell you, your truth is false because Jesus is the only truth. He is the only truth. And, um, you know, in the, in the culture today, we have relativism. You know, whatever's right for me might not be right for you. And just because it's not right for you doesn't mean it's not right for me. It's my truth. And there's no absolute truth anyway, right? I mean, how can there be absolute truth? Well, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he's absolutely, right? My truth is false, and it can never be true, because only Jesus is truth. All right, the next one. Instead of the breastplate of righteousness, self-righteousness. Okay, y'all, I grew up like this. I was a good girl, believe it or not. I, I had such a prohibitive conscience. I was so afraid of doing something wrong. I was the baby of the family, by 16 years, so I was spoiled. <laughs> so, and so naturally, you know, I was so, I guess, just because I was the baby, I was just, I don't know, it just came very naturally. I was a good girl. But guess what? As a good girl, I would have died and gone to hell if I had not made Jesus my Savior and my Lord. It doesn't matter how good you are. And I know there's denominations and religions out there that say, if you just do enough good works, do this, do that. Do you know, most of those religions, 
they believe that even when they get to paradise or heaven, that, that their form of God can still turn them away because they really weren't good enough. Not our God. Praise God. We can know that we're saved. We can know we're going to get into heaven and spend the eternity with our Father. All right, self-righteousness. It says in Ephesians, back in Ephesians 2, that for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one should boast. It's fighting our pride. And I love in Titus 3.5, he says uh, that he saved us not on the basis of our deeds, which we've done in righteousness, but according to his mercy. It's all his mercy. All right, the next one. Instead of the gospel of peace, we walk in anxiety and fear and worry when God has given us all provision for peace. He says in, in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in prayer with thanksgiving to make your requests known to God. We don't have to walk in worry and fear despite what the world tells us despite what our own selves tells us, our flesh. Listen, the battle belongs to the Lord. He has already gone ahead and made a way. Our God, the greatest thing about our God is that he's sovereign. Everything passes through his hands. Everything passes through his heart for us. So we can trust him. The, last, the next one, instead of the shield of faith... You know, the shield of faith. Like I said, this is one of my favorite ones. You know, Captain America, he's got the shield, and that shield can just do anything. It fights off anything. For us, our shield of faith fights off the fiery darts of the enemy. And believe me, he's hurling them all the time. So that shield of faith. Well, are you standing firm with a shield of faith? Or are you ducking back? Doubtful. I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. Y'all, listen, I, just this morning I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I promised Chrissy yesterday, I won't call Pastor Richard in the morning and say I can't do it. <laughs> but maybe have a message ready just in case. <laughs> no. Doubt. All that's, listen, it started in the Garden of Eden, didn't it? What happened? The enemy came to Eve, and y'all, he went to Eve, not Adam. I'm sorry. As women, we are just more easily deceived. We need to be alert and sober because we just have a propensity to be deceived more easily. But he came to Eve, and what did he say? Did God say? And what did she do? She doubted. Oh, wait. Well, is that what God meant? I don't know. So then what happened? She, she doubted, then she disbelieved, and then she disobeyed. That was a great message, one of our early pastors talked about. All right, so, um, so doubt. Uh, John's, uh, James 1, 5, and 8 says, don't doubt, because if you doubt, you will be tossed about, blown by any wind. We just, guys, come on, let's stand firm. Okay, then prayer. Oh, I'm sorry, the helmet of salvation. Okay, again, this one is a bit tricky, and it, but it's very personal to me, because I grew up in church, and I thought, I prayed a little prayer when I was a girl, and I thought, okay, I'm saved. I, I'm not going to go to hell. But there's so much more to salvation than that. There's so much more. And so many of us, and I, just for me, I go thinking that that prayer was enough. 
And it wasn't. Because what happens? We have to repent. As I begin to read the Bible and see, what does Jesus say? I could not find one place in the Gospels where Jesus went to someone and said, would you just pray a prayer and ask me into your heart? No, what did he say? He said, repent. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? And listen, and one of my favorite verses, oh, I love the Lord so much. He says in Hebrews, it says, how much more will the blood of Christ Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. If you're here this morning, are you cleansed from dead works? Are you still trying to do things on your own? It won't work. So the last one, the sword of the Spirit. I know, I'm running over. All right, uh, the sword of the Spirit. What's the opposite of that? Self-help teaching. Y'all, right? I mean, and it sounds really good. It sounds so good. There's books about self-help. And I, I, you know, I was sharing with a Hindu woman one time, and uh, the Holy Spirit just prompted me to compare what we believe. And I, I said to her, I said, okay, well, I have the Bible, which to me is God's word. It's how my father, how he speaks to me. It's my life. And I have verses, you know, my favorite verses and all that. I said, so what do you have like that? And she said, oh, I have the writings of my guru. And I thought, oh, the writings of a person, a flawed person. We have the writings of our Heavenly Father who is perfect, who loves us, who wants us to walk in victory, who gives us, I mean, this is everything we need right here. And I remember one time, and I, listen, devotionals and podcasts are great. Make sure it's got the word in it. Because God said to me one time, listen, he said, Janie, I, I, love, I love the devotional that you're reading. And I do like that book that you're reading. But how about reading my book? So I was spending so much time, I know, I was spending so much time doing devotionals and, and, listen, and reading books about the Bible that I wasn't spending time reading the Bible. So, you know, sometimes it's those little things that matter most. All right. So... All right, the final portion of this text. Paul comes back. Now, he's given us the armor, and he says, Now, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is part of growing up, pressing on to maturity, and walking in victory through God-honoring and meaningful relationships. Praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Praying for our spouses. Praying for our children. Don't be without prayer. And I, sometimes I do think, you know, maybe some of the things my kids went through, would they have maybe avoided if I had just prayed a little more? I mean, that's an honest question to ask myself as a mom. Did I pray enough? Guys, listen, don't, don't, ask, don't have to ask yourself that. Pray for your family. All right, so, so what? <laughs> so now we've got the message. Be strong, be equipped, and be ready to fight. Are you strong in the Lord this morning? Do you have on your armor? Are you ready to fight? Maybe not. Maybe not. There's two ways to respond this morning. The first one, I need to tell you this. We had a pastor who, he would preach a really hard word, and then he would, he would say, listen, I'm just trying to save your life. I want to save your life this morning. I know I'm just a simple woman of God. I'm just a mother, a wife. But I'm trying, I really, please hear me. And I really believe the Holy Spirit is speaking now. Come, Holy Spirit. This armor is only for believers. The victory, the mighty God, 
the glorious God, the one who is whose battle who belongs the battle belongs to. This is only for believers. So if you're here this morning, you are not here by chance. God is sovereign. God is holy. God is so loving. You're here this morning because he's calling you. He wants you to know Jesus as your Savior. He wants you to know Jesus as your Lord. He wants you to know Jesus as your victor. So this morning, Pastor Richard, you can come up and help me land this. Uh, so this morning, if you, if you don't know Jesus and you want access to this armor and this victory, you can have it. The second response would be, maybe you realize you've been wearing the emperor's new armor. Maybe you have some kinks in your armor. If you're not wearing the full armor of God, you are open to the attacks of the enemy. You will feel them. You will succumb to them. You need the full armor of God that he created just for you, not anyone else. So, Pastor Richard... Thank you for joining us. To know more about Every Nation Auckland City, you can visit our website at www.everynationauckland.city. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.